Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is the Literary Gardener for August the 12th, 2021. The topic this time is Ode to the Squash Bees in Oregon Gardens. Wake up! The currents of bees have fled this hour of seed, dark imaginings in their wake, unsweet, feverless drone. No one knows what they know. A row of empty jars fills with sunlight. Jennifer K. Sweeney, Abandoning the Hives in Fire and Rain, Eco-Poetry of California, 2018. Many of the poems and essays in Fire and Rain bear witness to landscapes, flora, and fauna that were once here but are now gone, leaving it up to the eco-poets to eulogize them. In the midst of our environmental losses, it's uplifting to learn that Oregon has a recently arrived pollinator to celebrate, the squash bee, Peponipus pruinosa. Although Pepo is found throughout the North American continent, up until five years ago, they had never been sighted in Oregon, making our state one of the last in the U.S. to support squash bees. Then, in 2016, a young student in B-Girl Sarah Redlaird's Bee Biology Camp in Ashland cited the first squash bee ever recorded in Oregon. Now, the OSU Oregon Bee Atlas Project is looking for gardeners to help them learn how the squash bee expands its range throughout Oregon over time. The goal of the project is to create an inventory of all of Oregon's bees, including the squash bee and their plant hosts, in order to monitor the bee's health. Volunteer melatologists are trained how to look for the bees and to complete a simple survey for each observation. For more information about the Oregon Bee Atlas Project or the Squash Bee Survey in particular, visit the OSU Extension Service website. Why should we care about squash bees when Oregon already has about 630 bee species? Well, as it turns out, Peppo is one of the best pollinators for certain cucurbits, zucchini, winter squash, gourds, and pumpkins among them. Because unlike honeybees, squash bees are uniquely equipped to digest cucurbit pollen, which is too bitter for other pollinators. In fact, when honeybees and bumblebees do pollinate squash flowers, they do so largely by accident as they try to remove the pollen from their body. Squash bees, on the other hand, co-evolved with cucurbits, so they don't mind the bitterness of the pollen, which is produced by compounds called cucurbitacins. Even more importantly, the squash bees have evolved life cycles in perfect alignment with the squashes. If you grow squash, you've probably noticed that it takes a while after the flowers begin blooming for fruit to appear. This is because squashes are monoecious plants, meaning they produce male and female flowers on the same plant. Typically, male flowers bloom a week or so before female flowers. Zucchini and summer squashes are exceptions. And the flowers last for only a few hours. So, there's a very narrow window of opportunity for pollinators to transfer pollen from a male flower to a female flower. 
Female squash flowers need several visits. Estimates range from 8 to 12 from pollinators to produce well shaped, mature fruit. Poor pollination is often the reason gardeners see immature fruit on their squash plants that fail to mature or are oddly shaped. Squash pollination becomes even more difficult during extended periods of high temperatures like we've been having because they can cause plants to produce only male or only female flowers and or cause the flowers to wilt even faster than they do naturally. Squash bees to the rescue. They wake up early when the squash flowers first open to begin their search for food or a mate. In fact, one way to differentiate squash bees from similar looking honeybees is their early morning appearance and their quick, purposeful behavior around the flowers. Female squash bees carry pollen back to their underground nest on hairs attached to their back legs, whereas female honeybees and bumblebees are less adapted to carry the heavy, sticky squash pollen in their pollen sacs. Male squash bees don't bring pollen back to the nest, so females won't allow them inside. Instead, males often sleep in squash flowers, well protected after the flower closes at the end of the day. Like all bees, male squash bees don't have stingers, so gardeners needn't worry about upsetting the bees if they peel open a squash flower and find one inside. The appearance of squash bees in Oregon is important to study because they are the only known pollinator species to show up without human intervention wherever their plant hosts are cultivated. We don't know why squash bees suddenly arrived in Oregon, but I sure am glad they did. Here's my ode to the squash bees in Oregon gardens. Welcome to Oregon, Peponipus pruinosa. We were so worried about honeybees and bumblebees leaving that we didn't notice you had arrived. It took the soft expectancy of a child to spot you among zucchini and pumpkin flowers that only have the patience to bloom for a few hours. Yet here you are in my garden, exulting in bitter pollen other bees won't touch, or itch off their bodies like my dog rids his fleas. You alone adore the squashes. Following them all over the Americas for thousands of years, changing your life to accommodate theirs as longtime lovers will do. Sleep tight, enfolded within your flower bed. I'll meet you at sunrise to marvel at your exquisite partnership with elusive squash flowers in my Oregon garden. I hope I persuaded you that squash bees are special. Here's how to attract squash bees to your garden. Grow squash, pumpkins, and gourds so flowers are available during several months of the year. Squash bees live in underground nests, so avoid tilling or digging heavily in your garden. Leave some bare patches of earth for squash bees to build nests in or near your garden. Provide consistent, clean water for bees to drink, and don't spray insecticides on your plants. They're harmful to bees. And that's it for the literary gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening. <laughs>